You're listening to The Message from the Hillsborough United Methodist Church, our weekly sermon broadcast available for working around the home, your commute, or wherever God calls you to listen. Also in the lectionary this week was Paul's letter to the Romans in the seventh chapter, verses 15 through 25. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact, It is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. For I know that the good does not dwell within me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do the good lies close at hand, but not the ability. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, It is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched person that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind I am slave to the law of God, but with my flesh I am enslaved to the law of sin. Wow. I work with legal documents every day, so I know doublespeak when I see it. The fact is, we all hear ourselves in this. How many of us have done or said something and then said to ourselves, why did I say that? I know better. This passage nearly literally says, not my fault, devil made me do it. The early Christians that Paul was addressing in his letter to the Romans knew the Jewish law well. They believed that God set down the law to be followed, period. The Ten Commandments were not just guidelines, and there were other laws as well regarding dress and action that were set down by the prophets. The expectation was that every law should be known, followed, and if not, you were judged. Knowing what was expected was a burden. You glanced at the neighbor's ox and said, gee, wish I had an ox. You sinned. Then there were sacrifices. Since sin was impossible to avoid, rather than accept your fate, you could sacrifice something in your place, a goat, a lamb. When your whole being was working to feed yourself, killing something to sacrifice 
was a sacrifice. Your family without, went, out, without, went without dinner for a day or two. And you kind of had to tell them why. You had to face the shame of telling your family why they weren't eating. For heaven's sake, don't look at the ox. So in Paul's letter to Romans, he was commiserating that we do the things we don't want to do, and we know better. We carry the burden of knowing, but recognize we can't help ourselves. If we can't help ourselves, why? In John 8, when Jesus tells those who are about to throw stones at a woman because of her sin, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. They all drop their stones and leave. Then left facing the woman, he asks, who is condemning you? And she says, no one. There's no one left. So Jesus says to her, go and sin no more. Why does he say that? After just demonstrating that even the most pious can't declare themselves sinless. This is less about her than about him. He just demonstrated that all those men with the stones weren't looking at her. They were looking at themselves. Jesus instead was looking at her, not judging her, not counting her sins, just offering her love, equality, respect, forgiveness. I'm a commercial underwriter. You'll notice this part is easy. I am a commercial underwriter. What I do is evaluate small businesses for their risk. On the surface, I am an insurance Pharisee. That, you can laugh at that. I judge people every day. <laughs> it, it's true. What are they doing? Are what they're doing more dangerous, more risky? Are they taking more risks than that average type of business? Is that acceptable? Is it too risky? I could tell you some tales about claims. Not going to go there. Sometimes I just say to myself, what were you thinking? But sometimes stuff happens. If you have a landscaping business and you mow people's lawns, it's what we call a mow and blow. If you mow people's lawns for a living, someday your mower is going to catch a stone and it's going to break a window or ding a car. It's just going to happen, no matter how careful you are. It's, risk is, avoiding a risk is impossible. Quarterly, all of the underwriters get together, um, not physically, by Zoom still, but we all get together and we look at a risk and we compare notes so that we all kind of calibrate how we would look at this. What do we think? What have we found? Is it too risky? Is it good? Would we add more premium? Would we renew it? Would we get rid of it? Just so we kind of calibrate how we think of risk. If you look for risk, you will find it. Nothing is risk-free. But one of the first things that we are always presented with when we do these quarterly is assume positive intent. One of the things we're always also looking for is fraud and all sorts of other things. But our focus is always to assume positive intent. So in the end of reading Romans, 
Paul says simply, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our sins are forgiven. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. We see that and say that all the time. But this is the challenge we are faced with as Christians, especially by those looking at the faith from the outside, when all they see are the loudest and most judgmental of Christians. Jesus is our sacrifice. Jesus is the command undue for sin. So why not just give in? Why, not, why even try not to sin? We know we can't do it anyway, and we're setting ourselves up for failure. But Jesus replaced the laws. In Matthew, Jesus reduced the laws and all the commandments to love your God, love your neighbor as yourself. Are these laws more doable? Are they easier? Maybe, maybe not. This is the burden that is light, the yoke. It is another burden of knowing, knowing what is expected of us. Many say that statement reduces the law to two. I see three. Not only are we told to, God, to love God and love our neighbor, but it is just as important that we recognize that we are to love ourselves. In Romans, Paul cries out, wretched person that I am. How does someone who feels wretched toward himself have it in him to love God? If we are so focused on our own self-judgment, we often find ourselves wanting. We know we can't throw the first stone, don't we? None of us. But we are again focusing on sin, sometimes our own worst Pharisee. But that judgment is no longer what we are supposed to be. As Christians, our focus is no longer on the sin inside us, but on love. And to love, we have to focus outside ourselves. Is that easier? No, it's really not. It's not in our nature. Our burden is to assume positive intent. We know that we are supposed to love the wrong, the angry, the frustrated, the mean, the cruel. Love them all. Insert challenge here. So it is, it, is it so much easier to love than keep track of all those sins? Is it easier to love those? Like Paul, I thank God every day for Jesus Christ. But don't fool yourself that he has made our lives easier by forgiving the long list of sin and providing a short list of people. Because that list is everyone. This is the true test of daily grace. Love yourself. Forgive yourself. Sorry, did I touch the microphone? Forgive me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, love yourself. Forgive yourself. Then recognize that grace is in you, taking up more space than the sin in your members. So much so that it overflows. Look outside yourself at those who have made, have, may have a hard time loving, who might be a little too focused within, with their own wants, their own demands, their own shortcomings, and love them anyway. We don't carry the burden of sin. We carry the burden of knowing 
that we are expected with justice, with kindness and humility to love. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Hillsborough United Methodist Church. Our senior pastor is Jorge Rodriguez. Presently, our live stream of services are available at 10 a.m. on the Hillsborough United Methodist Church YouTube page. You can find out more, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube at hillsboroughumc.org. Thank you.